Hello, and welcome to Music Rewind, a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and in each episode, I will invite a guest to tell us about their favorite music album, how they discovered it, and what makes it special to them. Joining me today is a friend of the show and lifelong music fanatic, Luke Boris. Luke is a guitar player himself, a friend of previous guest, Alan Ziegler, and a lifelong collector of vinyl and CDs. He has a passion for all things rock and roll, from Tool to R.E.M., the Pearl Jam, and others. Welcome, Luke, and thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to talking about tonight's album. All right, Luke, well, let's jump right into this. What is your favorite album, and how did you discover Tonight, we are going to be talking about Radiohead and Rainbows. I discovered Radiohead, I, I guess, by listening to one of my good buddies, uh, his brother. He used to play acoustic guitar in his grandpa's den. And uh, he, he'd play all the old Radiohead from the Benz era. And I, I kind of fell in love with the, the music from there, started buying the CDs, all of that good stuff. And later on in life, started collecting vinyl. But that's when my love for Radiohead really began. So. OK Computer was a big part of my childhood. OK Computer was, was my intro into Radiohead. Uh, sure. I, I, I never connected until probably the end of that OK Computer era that Creep was the same band. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and it's, it's kind of hard to, to look at it that way, too, because um, tonight's album, In Rainbows, I, and uh, Creep from Pablo Honey, I, I mean, they, they're just two completely different albums. They are, um, yeah. But, but I, I kind of like when bands do that, when they don't stick to the same routine every single album. So um, I like that they've evolved throughout the years, and they're, they're still evolving. Their, their most recent album was phenomenal. In Rainbows was their seventh studio album. So how many do they have now? Um, so Give In Rainbows, yeah, there, were, <clears throat> there were two more after In Rainbows. So, well, Moonshape Bull was the most recent one. I'm trying to think of the one in between the two. King of Limbs. So it was uh, very polarizing for, for people. Um, a lot of people thought it was very uh, unapproachable and, and didn't really like it. But similar to In Rainbows, it, I, I call them headphone albums. Um, there's just so much going on. And it, it almost feels like you're suspended in jello. So many things coming at you and you're just floating. I don't, I don't know how, how else to describe it. Just, it's, it's like a drug-like experience. Who needs drugs when you've got music like, like Radiohead and Tool and... I've always had a, a kind of a love-hate relationship with Radiohead ever since OK Computer. Uh, I was a huge, well, still am, Pink Floyd fan. So when this album, when, or not this album, when OK Computer came out when I was in high school, I was told by many people that you must like Radiohead because you like Pink Floyd. Okay. And, and there was this, this directive that I was required to like it. And so it got in my brain that, no, I don't like Radiohead. Just, sure. Just, just, just no. Uh, and then you hear... Uh, you know, Karma Police and uh, Paranoid Android and that guy like, God damn, that's a good song. Absolutely. But I still can't like Radiohead. No, just, just <laughs> no, it's a, it's a principle here. You just can't like Radiohead. And they weren't really marketed, or I guess is, is probably the right word for it. Growing up in the middle of the Illinois Valley, there's, there's nothing there. I didn't really hear much of Radiohead. It was uh, another cousin of mine, Chris Hank, that brought OK Computer to the table for us all to listen to, which, which was really good at the time you know i will admit it but their previous or not previous but their albums after that i really never heard much of it i mean i didn't i don't know if there was like a special following or if they didn't get kind of the the airplay on the stations i listened to because it wasn't really pop hits but it wasn't really classic rock either like where did they and it wasn't it wasn't grunge so where did it fit in it didn't really find me Ever. Sure. I, I, I can see that. Absolutely. And, and Kid A and, and Amnesiac really aren't very radio friendly. Um, there are a couple songs on there that, that were singles that eventually did make it to the radio. But, but like you said, I don't think they, they got as much airplay as, say, Karma Police or Paranoid Android. So. But they've got a following. I mean, Radiohead yeah, has some devoted followers. 
Yes, uh, picking apart piece by piece. Uh, back to King of Limbs. Uh, the final song on King of Limbs is called Separator. And the fans said, oh, Separator, that must mean there's going to be a part two of, of King of Limbs. You know, they, they, they've got these wild theories. At one point, someone said you have to press play on OK Computer and In Rainbows at the same time, and they play simultaneously over the top of each other. And, and if you listen to it, check it out on YouTube sometime if you get bored. It, there are some weird moments where it's like, wow, that, that was really cool when those two things happened together, but I, I don't buy into the, the whole... They, they, they purposefully made those two albums to be played over the top of each other. So, And, and speaking of Pink Floyd, they had the same kind of thing going on. Oh, definitely. Yeah, playing, I, I, dove in, I dove down that rabbit hole many a time. Yeah. Yes, I, I've watched Dark Side of the Moon, or Dark Side of Oz, I guess, playing yeah. over the top of Wizard of Oz. You know, how, how does this album flow to you? Do, you? do you listen to straight through, or do you kind of pick out tracks and skip a couple others? How do you like to listen to it? I am, I am not a, a single fan. I, I, I'm an album fan. Uh, vinyl records have always been my thing, and, and you can't really, you, you can, but it, you shouldn't drop the the needle in the middle of the the album so i'm an all the way through kind of listener and this album in particular it really flows nicely together so um i I think that it was intentional um the order that they they put the songs in and um i don't know this one's definitely a full uh beginning to end kind of kind of experience yeah i do like the way it starts with with 15 steps uh it it really kind of kicks it off with forward momentum which is a, a trend through many of the songs in the, in the album. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's, yeah, the 15 step is, is just an awesome opener. It, it, it's fantastic. The bass line is infectious. I don't know. Bass, bass is very important to me. Um, a lot of bands don't give their bass players enough, enough of the soundscape, I guess. Is that a good way to put it? Mm-hmm. Or, I, I don't know. I, I, I listen to a lot of one great example, Stone Temple Pilots. I, I love, is it Dean or Robert? Robert's on, on bass, I believe. So anyway, Robert DeLeo is, is an amazing bass player. And there are a lot of songs where he just gets completely drowned out. So anyway, um, 15 step baseline. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I'm not talking about car shaking bass, you know, the melodic groovy. It's, it sets the rhythm very yeah. well. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of rhythm section, the drums on this one are absolutely amazing as well. Um, just, I, I think there's this, this effect on the drum that kind of give it this odd uh, sound. Uh, I guess originally, from what I've read, the children's choir that you can hear screaming in the background in certain areas, mm-hmm. um, originally the drums were going to be the, the children clapping. And uh, okay. they, just, they couldn't get it down. So he, he's got that slow... It's just, yeah, fantastic. Okay. So, um, and then, yeah, the, the lazy guitar groove, not lazy in a bad way, lazy as in just, it, it just keeps the, the flow going as well. Yeah, I liked how you described that. Just, it, it's got movement. I think that tracks one and two themselves, uh, 15 Steps and then uh, Body Snatchers, they flow very well into each other. Kind of, uh, and this episode isn't out yet, but in the, the Pearl Jam episode that we did uh, we talk about the like the first three tracks of an album uh going you know you, you come out strong and then you take it up a notch and then you bring it down sure. and, and this this album does that in a radio headway is the yes. best way that i can kind of describe it it, it does I say they they blend well to each other and then we'll get to to track three in a second but the uh but, but body snatchers does kind of continue that forward momentum but takes it up a notch yeah absolutely and and i um think that Body Snatchers is probably the only Al or Alan approved song on this album. Um, I, oh, really? I, I don't, I don't think he's uh, he would be much of a fan of this. Just, just my, my opinion. Yeah, Body Snatchers is, is amazing. It's one of the more straightforward rock songs on the album, but like you said, it's still got those Radiohead touches to it. And 
it has all these sounds that that shouldn't work. Yeah, but somehow they do. Yep, which, and, and, which, which leads to a lot of probably studio time and, and the engineering putting that together. And, and it's definitely one where if you've got the, the the earmuff headphones on, you could really really hear that stuff. Absolutely, and and you just kind of do get get lost in it just because there's so much going on, and you're trying to listen to everything at once. But like you said, there, there's a scratching in this ear, or there's a, mm-hmm. a I don't know, a xylophone going on, and you know, it's just mm-hmm. so much happening that um, I, I think that's why I like this so much, and and I think that's why people like Pink Floyd, uh, Zeppelin, all that stuff. Just that again, I, I I'm not a, a musician that in in terms of knowing the science behind it, but headphones album is, is what I'm going to call it. Like you said, the big cans, just mm-hmm. sit down on the couch, lights out, get lost in it. So, but yeah, body snatchers, uh, fantastic. The, the lyrics are a bit odd. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was going for like a, a scrambled horror movie sort of thing or, but it, they don't make a whole lot of sense. I, a lot of their stuff doesn't make a lot of sense, but I, I, I think that's <laughs> the beauty of, of poetry. You know, you kind of make your this own, is true. your own, mind up about the the lyrics so well, well the uh what's the lead singer's name uh tom york tom york he's got a voice that i really can't understand him a lot of times sure yep but it, then it's weird when you're listening to it with the lyrics in front of you you hear it clearly yeah and then, and then i take the lyrics away and i can't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep and and uh i don't know that this album um he, he kind of went into his falsetto a lot more um, experimenting yeah. with that. And I, when he does get up there like that, yeah, I, I think it's even more hard to understand what he's saying in, in certain instances. But I've listened to this album so many times that I've got the lyrics down pat. So, <laughs> Well, the, you mentioned that falsetto uh, track three, Nude. That, that's one where he really goes high. Absolutely. I mean, it's a slow song. I mean, when, I, when you say take it down a notch, they go, they go way down slow here and it's it, it feels like a very uh you know intimate and and uh sentimental song to him or whoever sure. wrote it i don't know who wrote the actual songs and lyrics but it did you, you definitely get that feeling from this yeah and, and uh back to the jello comment this is one where where you just feel it, it, they, they've created a space um it, it feels I, I don't i don't know how to describe it it's just like you're you're in this room alone and there's this echoing effect going on around you. And like I said, just kind of suspended. Um, I, I don't know. I really dig this one. And then back to the layers comment that we had earlier uh this single on itunes was sold as stems so um they gave you mp3s of each individual bleep and bloop and uh falsetto uh the background noises all of that good stuff um you could listen to each of those individually and the band actually encouraged people to create their own mix of of the song that's cool yeah i thought that was very neat well on that note uh did did you probably the, the downloading of it this album was was kind of free to download. It changed the distribution game. Absolutely. What I from my research on it, where instead of they had just come out of their contract with EMI, so they were free to do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And through their recording process, someone had the idea. Well, let's just put this out there for everyone to download, and then they can pay us what they want, which is a pretty crazy idea. Yep. When when you said it was free, I don't think that was the intention, but uh, apparently most people downloaded it for free, but I'm hoping that those people that did, which I was one of the people that did download it for free, but I own this album on vinyl. I own it on CD. So I, I was downloading it with the intention of purchasing the album in the future. Uh, from, from my research that I, uh, limited research that I did on it, about 60% of the people downloaded it for free as far as the first week. There you go. But uh, with the average payment being around six bucks. Okay. But they, they said they made more off this album than all their other uh, previous albums. It just because they cut out so much of the studio in the middleman. There you go. Yep. See, I, I don't know. Just you would think that 60% 
free downloads would would equal a bad situation but yeah as you just suggested if you take all that out but but it was the, it was the right band at the right time because they were financially stable enough to do that yes uh, yep. they had the name recognition to do that to just say hey here's an album and they had that devoted following that would download it and would give money to do it whereas if this was album 1 or 2 they they may not have had that ability to do. Yep. Uh, so it was actually quite polarizing in the music community. Of some people said this is the future. Some people said you're you're screwing everybody else because you're going to set a bad precedent, and you know younger artists are not going to be able to get there. You you guys are you guys are rich already. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And and I, I could absolutely see both sides to the story, but um, I don't think that was their intention to screw the the little guy. But I I don't know. I I. That is neat how they encourage people to make their own mixes, though. That's that's really fascinating. Yeah, yep. And and there was another one off the album that they did that too. It might be um, later on as as we get down the list. I have an idea of which one it is, but yes, yep. <laughs> so anyway, um, actually, the nude. I had a T-shirt with the lyrics on it. They they did these really cool T-shirts. Um, it looks like the album cover with the underscores and the slashes for the mm-hmm. typography. And um, I actually was secretly madly in love with the girl at the record store here in, in East Peoria. And uh, I gave it to her because it was too small for me. Aww. Never had the guts to never had the guts to ask her out. So this day, <laughs> probably still regret that. But maybe she's listening. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the very, very end of Nude, though, that's where he, the singer hits that that high note that yes. it's not one you, you normally hear on, on, on a lot of these songs is in a, in a, in a long note as well. So I was, that was impressive. Yeah. I mean, next up is, uh, is track four, which is a uh, weird fish, weird fishes arpeggi, which is probably one of my more favorite tracks on the album. I did like this one a lot. Absolutely. And I, on any other night, I would say that this is my favorite song off the album, but I, I, tonight I'm going to, going to pick a different one. And I, I think that it could go that way. You know, ask me in a few weeks, it'll probably be nude. Ask me in a few weeks after that, you know, it, it's it's one of those albums where I just uh, pick up little things each time. And but I, I I can see where this one would be one of your favorites. Well, that uh, that arpeggio just the it just keeps going and going and going. And I love that that drum beat. It just keeps moving and doesn't stop. Love that. Absolutely. And, and that's the other thing. Um, it, it, it builds as it goes. So, um, arpeggi, arpeggio, they, they've got the, um, the notes of a chord played in succession, but they bring in multiple instruments. So after each, uh, line in the verse, they introduce a new instrument. I don't know if you, you got that when you were listening, but I I did hear that. Yeah. It's amazing. And and it, it just keeps building and building and building to the point where it's almost overwhelming. Um, just because there's so much going on. There's a good uh, YouTube video out there of, of them doing some of the songs on this album from an in basement, it's called. Yes. Yep. 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 And and I've actually got a note on that for uh, for the song. Actually, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was it. Was neat to watch them play it. Uh, you yes. Know, I've never seen Radiohead live. I like to, especially these older albums that I have not listened to before. Sure. Um, some of the other ones we've done, sorry, you know, I've done Pearl Jam and, and Metallica and stuff that yeah, seen it, <laughs> seen it, seen it many times. This one was new to me, so I wanted to see them play it if I can, and it was really neat to see them do that building layers all in a circle it's pretty cool yes absolutely and and yeah that uh from the basement is actually uh nigel godrich he's a producer um which as you suggested earlier the production on this album is amazing and i don't know if they would have as much layerage or or i I don't even know if that's a word but um i i think he's he's kind of the mastermind behind getting all of that to to work together so but anyway his show from the basement he um 
He's had the White Stripes, uh, Beck, PJ Harvey, Andrew Bird, Queens of the Stone Age. He, he gets all these okay. big bands to come in and, and do that. It, it's in a basement. It, it, they just sit there and, yeah, the camera angling to each of the, the artists in the band. And um, as you said, it, it's just a neat experience to watch them them putting all that together. So, Yeah, I recommend anybody listening to this to, to check that out on YouTube. That's a, that's a great video to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and um, I'm going to go back to one of your comments earlier that um, the flowing of, of the album, the movement, um, this song uh, being called Weird Fishes, and, and I think the lyrics kind of allude to this as well. It just feels like you're, you're floating down a river. It just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, it's another one. I don't really know what it's about, but it just sounds really cool. Yes. It's yep. the best way to say it. <laughs> Absolutely. I can see why you said that's your favorite, and I, 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 I agree with you. If anyone listening wants to check it out, go, go see the From the Basement. Track five is one called All I Need, and it's another slow one. But it, it, it starts slow, and it's got a gradual buildup. Yeah. Which is kind of a theme on this album, the, yep. the, the gradual buildup. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it, it just layers. So, again, I'm going to keep, keep repeating that. I think if I had one word to describe this album, it would be layered. I, I think this is another one where the embellishments really kind of complete the song too. Just the little uh, chimes and the bells that are coming at you from mm-hmm. all angles. And, and if you've got the headphones on again, left side, you're hearing one right side, you're hearing one, then it's perfectly centered. You, it's just an all encompassing experience. I'm in a- A lot of these albums for, for the show I listen to here uh, at my desk and out of my just basic speakers. But this was one that I actually had a different experience when I put the headphones in and just kind of walked around. I was doing stuff, listening to it again. And this is one of those songs that first time through, kind of boring to me. Sure. It, it didn't really click. It's like, okay, let's, what's, what's the next song going to be? Uh, <laughs> whereas when, when, I'm, uh, when I wasn't really focusing on other things, it just kind of doing miscellaneous tasks around the house and listening to it with that stereo sound that it, it, it really kind of does elevate it to a more enjoyable listening experience. Yes. Uh, I know not everyone can do that, but the, the headphones with stereo make uh, just a world of difference. Uh, you kind of, you kind of experience the song a lot different. I, I agree. Um, and, and speaking of that, um, at the very end of the song, the culmination of all of the instruments coming together, um, I guess Johnny Greenwood, their guitarist, and um, I, I, I wouldn't just call him a guitarist. He's a mastermind behind all of the bleeps and bloops as well. But um, he wanted to create like a white noise. And in order to achieve that, they had the orchestra play all of the notes together. And it just kind of culminates and and blows up almost. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Johnny uh, has scored most of um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Oh, really? Movies, yeah. Movies? Yep. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Yep, and uh, yeah, There Will Be Blood, The Master, Inherent Vice, all those good ones. So oh, That's cool. I, I didn't know yep. that at all. Yep, and uh, the orchestral compositions really shine on, on All I Need. Next up, we have Faust Arp. Now, um, I believe the arp is alluding to arpeggio again because the guitar has that arpeggiated if that's even a word sorry to all of you uh musicians out there who know what you're talking about i do not so arpeggiated is the word we're going to use this one's got that (laughs) i've got that arpeggiation there you go (laughs) (laughs) so um again the notes of a chord played in succession i got that from webster's dictionary there so um, but yeah, I, I really dig this one. I don't know. Um, what, what's your take on it? it was, this was like, a, uh, it, it was very fast as far as, um, the lyrics were very fast is what I'm referring to as far as, uh, cause I mean, a lot of it was, uh, was acoustic. I think if I, if I remember right, uh, yes. I don't have it playing right now, but, but the, the lyrics, it was almost like a, almost all in one breath. And then I don't want to say this. It's, yeah. It's like, it's all in one breath. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine, it's on again, off again, on again, watch me fall like dominoes in pretty patterns, fingers in the back of pie and tingling, 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 Yeah, I, absolutely. And um, I don't know, I think uh, lyrical 
um, or lyrically, this one is absolutely amazing. I think, um, again, don't know what he's talking about at all, but yeah, I wasn't really following a, a Faustian story there, uh, you know, the, in the traditional sense, sure. uh, you know, the, you know, deal with the devil sort of deal with Faust, but, uh, but it was a good tune. I, I, yeah. I did, you know, I enjoyed the one. Now I, I, um, seem to remember an interview where Tom York said that this was not alluding to Faust, um, one who made the deal with the devil The it's, it's, I don't know if it's the band Faust, if the guitar style is, 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 I don't, have you heard of Faust? The, the, I've heard of them. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you their music though. Yeah. I, I didn't know until I, I, I heard that interview and, and, um, I, I gave it a listen and I, I could see where it, okay. it might be a tip of the hat to them. So that would make more sense. Cause yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I can see where you, you thought that because later on in the album, it, it, there's a definite Faust reference. So, um, I don't know if, in the interview, if, uh, if he was being facetious or, cause I know most of the time the band, they're, uh, they're kind of goofy in interviews. They're, they're, they're not trying to be the formal, you know, answer all the questions correctly, kind of, kind of guys. So that's the Brits and, you know, taking the Beatles tactic there. There you go. Yes. And, and I, I know for, for this song, speaking of from the basement, um, for this album, they did, um, a very similar take. Uh, they did all of the songs live, but had, uh, little clips in between each song. So it was more like a movie, um, very weird, weird things going on. Uh, it's called Scotch Mist. If you, if you do want to continue your experience with this album, Scotch Mist is, is a film to check out. But uh, Tom and Johnny play this song. Um, it's dusk. Uh, lights are setting. Uh, it's just an acoustic guitar and Tom's vocals. And it's awesome. Chilling. So check out Scotch Mist version of this one. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Uh, next up, we come to Reckoner. And apparently the the uh, the line in rainbows comes from this uh, this song. I, I'm surprised you caught that. Um, so it I, I'm well, again, I was listening with the lyrics in front of me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, it took me years to find out that that part was in there because um, again the layers he, he he's doing is and I'm not even going to attempt to do it. But you you, you know the parts that <laughs> that I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. But he's saying in rainbows, but over the top of it, there's, uh, just, a oohs and ahs going as well. So it's kind of buried in there. So. There's a lot going on in this song. Yes, absolutely. Uh, vocally. Um, I, I think, uh, Tom's vocals are really another instrument in this one. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Just, uh, just because there's so, so much going on anyway. And no one harmonizes with, with Tom York better than Tom York. This song kind of it pulls you into a lull for about three minutes, and then and then picks back up, and you, you almost didn't even realize how slow it had gotten. Yeah, yep, I can see that. And I, I thought that was kind of a that was kind of cool. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, Johnny's orchestration again really shines here. Uh, just I, I don't know. It, 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 lull is is a good way to put it. And that, actually, Radiohead wrote a song called "Lull" as well. Side. Oh, did side they? Note. Yes, but. Um, I don't know. I get lost in this one. It's, it's probably my favorite from the album. So that, that's, okay. that's the one I was I referring to earlier. Yeah. This is just, uh, and maybe not just this album. This might be pinnacle Radiohead for me. This, this may be my favorite track from them from all of their albums. So anyway, I don't know if that's probably a polarizing statement as well, but to each their own, right? Yeah, if I, if I had to go with that statement, I, I, I'll go cliche with Paranoid Android, but that's, I'm not, I'm not the super fan of Radiohead. I don't, I don't know their catalog. I might have to, to dive into, uh, into it more and, and, you know, pick up uh, Kid A after this. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, and fun fact, a uh, couple weeks ago, they re-released Kid A and Amnesiac as a package deal. Okay. Um, and all of the B-sides from uh, the two albums were released as a third disc, so... If you are looking for it, you can get all three of those albums for a, a pretty good price digitally. So, 
um, I picked it up and I, I, one of the few bands where I, I actively seek all of their B sides as well. That's uh, it's also a trend on this show where yeah, the, the people that are, are bringing these, uh, these albums to the table, they, they have a, a desire to find those hidden, you know, hidden ones that didn't, didn't make it for whatever reason, but are usually sure. pretty damn good on their own. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Radiohead is, is one of those bands. Um, I was going to save this for, for the end, but uh, there is a disc too for In Rainbows. I don't know if you saw that in your, um, in your research, oh. but um, in, as opposed to using them as B-sides, they gave it away as disc two to the album. And uh, I, I don't know, personal opinion, I think most bands would kill to have an album of their own that is on par with disc two of this which are basically the throwaways. I, I did see that they had something like 15 16 songs um recorded but they wanted to but they thought that one of their earlier albums uh due to studio pressure was too long hail to the thief yes yep okay and, and so they they because without any studio pressure they were they were on their own here they could literally do whatever the hell they wanted they just they sure. said that, that 10 songs is the perfect album Yep. And, and I think, I think it is, it's, it's a fantastic experience. Um, not too long, not too short. I, I, I don't know. I agree with all of that. And hail to the thief is a fantastic album. Um, I'm not going to talk poorly about that one at all, but it is longer for sure. It's, it's more, um, dark. Yeah. That's uh, what I was, was reading was that from, from okay. Computer all the way to it was, was that hail to the thief right before this one? Yes. Yep. So like in between that era was a, a very angsty, angry and dark kind of radio head. And then, which can, you can look at the radio or not the radio, but the, uh, the uh, actual recording studios for that, you know, the, the pressure. Uh, and then now that they didn't have that, this one comes off as very, uh, very hopeful. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a, a good word to, to describe this one. Absolutely. I, I, I can see that. Um, it's not as political because um, they, they did get down in there, but it, it, George W. was, was president. And, and I, I think they, uh, I, I think that's what the title of the, the album actually alludes to hail to the thief. I'm sure, I'm sure president Bush was concerned with radio. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and, and Pearl jam and uh, yeah, all, all of the, the big bands, they, they were, they were, very anti-bush but yes i agree i don't i don't think he lost too much sleep over that <laughs> well we uh we, we roll into uh house of cards which is another song i did like because this was kind of a kind of a love song yeah i could see that um love uh well it's about a guy who, who is in love with a taken woman i i could see that or or um i don't know the the line about throw your keys in the bowl is it uh is it a swingers party no i i took that as as he that's how he met her okay and then with, with i guess with the swingers party you're not supposed to fall in love but he did there you go and then so she's you know unattainable there you go yep i i, I think you you nailed it there for sure forget about your house of cards and vocals on this one very haunting again got that mm -hmm. space going on uh the reverb on the guitar uh echoing effects on the drum beats um it almost sounds like there's a the vocals on this one very haunting again got that mm -hmm. space going on uh the reverb on the guitar uh echoing effects on the drum beats um it almost sounds like there's a leaky sink as well like a drop uh yeah. from a sink hitting here and there so but that's got reverb on it as well. So I don't know, just uh, very uh, atmospheric is a good mm -hmm. word, I think. Um, and the music video for this one, um, they used uh, LiDAR technology, which is uh, light detection. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just Tom singing and then um, shots of a, a suburban set of houses, all of that. It kind of creates this disintegrating effect. So uh, I think that alludes to a falling house of cards and um, they were able to integrate all of the colors of the rainbow in it. So that leads back to the name of the album. It, I guess that shows that their art isn't only music. They, they definitely have artistic aspects in, in all of the music videos, the albums themselves. Um, 
actually, yeah, for, for in rainbows, um, they released everything in a, in a envelope and inside there were stickers that you could put on a jewel case to create the album yourself, which I just create your own album cover. That's kind of neat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, th- th- that kind of thing. So Stanley Donwood um, is the guy who's done, uh, I believe, all of their album covers. Maybe not Pablo Honey, um, but he's done a majority of their album covers, and uh, he's the mastermind behind all of that. And Tom York does help them with the art, but he uses a different name. I forget. I forget what the... Oh, he uses a pseudonym? Yes, yep. So anyway, the two of them, they come up with the the concepts behind all of the the videos and the, the art and, and such. Well, and so. say my limited knowledge of, of Radiohead, it kind of always goes back to OK Computer. And I, I know that Paranoid Android had, had that fantastic video, but it was, uh, it, and I could be completely wrong here, but the story that I was told was that they gave the, the that artist the music only and said, create a create a video for, for this long-ass song uh, without any lyrics. Sure. And then they would have made some changes, but they loved that first draft of that video and they kept it and then put the lyrics in there and everything just kind of fit. Cause that, yeah. that video is crazy. Absolutely. Uh, it, nightmarish in, yeah. some, in <laughs> some cases and a uh, big part of my childhood. Uh, again, I, I love that video. Uh, almost got a Beavis and Butthead type <laughs> art style to it. But yeah, I, I, I love that music video. Next up we have jigsaws, jigsaw falling into place. And this brings it back to that, those forward motion, you know, arpeggio songs uh but th- this one if if not weird fishes this would be my other kind of favorite on the album i like this one a lot yep absolutely the, the, i i don't have much to say about this song it, it, it's another almost perfect song in my opinion you know that perfectly layered it, it builds as it progresses My note on this one is that th- this one feels, you know, in the, in the pace of the entire album, uh, this is that final sprint after you've done a long run. Yeah. You know, right, right, bef- right before the cool down, this is that final sprint towards the end. I could see a lot of runners using this song actually to, to keep their pace going. Absolutely. It's, it's got that feel to it. So speaking of music videos um, for this one, um, it was probably the most low budget video you could ever record. Um, they got bicycle helmets and put cameras like GoPros on them <laughs> and uh, it, it had the GoPro facing towards them. So it was just them moving around. So again, got that jello floating effect going on. So, but yeah, I, I, I really dig, dig all of their, their art. Once again, I, about halfway through the song, there's, there's a, an acoustic guitar that comes in. It's just in the left ear. And uh, it, it just gives me chills every single time. And then, uh, 30 seconds later, there's another acoustic guitar that comes in on your right ear and it's, it's got a, uh, different, I don't know, a different set of chords going on, but it just, it, again, just layered masterpiece for sure. I don't know. Let's listen to it again now and try and pick that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember where that, that acoustic guitar just subtle in the left ear because again there's so much going on but there's just this little subtle acoustic guitar that that comes in and then all of a sudden right side there's another one it's just amazing it's back and forth and i think bands with uh five members can can kind of achieve that kind of effect mm-hmm. I, I i know a, a guitarist uh, can can come back in and and play another guitar but i think uh it translates well live when you've got five members because you can actually get all of those um sounds going on have you got the chance to see them live I have, yes. Uh, saw them live in 2008, actually with th- that buddy and his brother uh, that I was telling you about at the beginning of the show. Amazing show. It was in St. Louis, 2008. They opened with All I Need, which I found very, very strange. Yeah, that's, that's a weird opener. It, absolutely. and uh, but, but then they, I, I think 
going right into they went right into jigsaw after that so um i i think that that probably should have been the opener but i i know a lot of bands pearl jam um i've seen them 13 times now um they like to open with slow slow burners and then go right into a, a big banger knock your socks off so i think that's what they were trying to do here as well so all i need into jigsaw falling into place which it was, it, that was pretty neat, but um, I was singing. Um, I, I was I was younger at the time, had a few few alcoholic beverages, and I was singing along. And at the end of the concert, uh, the guys that were behind us, one one of them confronted me. He said, um, "Dude, you've got a great voice, but I, I came to see Tom sing. So uh, ne- next time, you know, just uh, kind of kind of keep it down." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is a concert." That's kind of kind of weird at a you know say a young young person's concert to, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, what, what is your opinion on that? Singing at a concert. What do you think? Well, I mean, I've, I've fallen into that trap myself. Uh, more recently, uh, me and my brother got reprimanded by some old people at an Eagles concert for, okay. for singing a little bit too much. Really? Okay. But that was also, uh, I mean, it was a concert where everyone's sitting down in an arena. Sure. So I, I get it. I, I do. And, um, my, my first response, again, this is also after several beers would be, why aren't you singing? <laughs> you know? there you go, yeah. You know, you know the list. come on. Yeah. Like everyone knows hotel California. Come on. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's get up is, is a, is a good one. Yes. Because I have been to concerts where people are hesitant to stand up, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, dancing and singing having a good time with buddies you know and that's all part of the experience well when i think of, of radiohead at a concert i'm I'm not thinking of you know a, a sit-down arena I'm, I'm thinking like a you know more festival sort of atmosphere with you know like glastonbury or somewhere Bonnaroo, yeah. where everyone's i mean there there are no seats you're either sitting in the grass or you're you know up there screaming at the stage you know that's that's what i picture for a radiohead concert or or pearl jam concert or any of those i couldn't imagine they're not being crowd noise. It's maybe yeah. for a small ballad, I guess, you know, everyone kind of quiets down, but for the, for the, for the big songs, I mean, I don't know, sing your heart out. Man. There you go. Yep. You're, at, I, you're at a show. <laughs> I, I, I have not changed my ways. I, I, I still sing along, but I just thought that was, I got the chance to see, I've seen weird Al three times, which is a fantastic okay. show. If you ever get a chance, but uh, when uh, the third time I saw him was, he was with a full 40 piece orchestra. Nice. And he did uh, uh, his wonderful song, Harvey the Wonder Hamster, which is all of 40 seconds with this gigantic orchestra. And everybody was singing. I mean, nice. everyone, I mean, from like five-year-olds to 80-year-olds were all singing. Everyone, that's a fun concert. You ever get a chance to see Weird Al? Well, def- definitely will. I, I, Weird Al was, was probably one of my first CDs that I purchased. Um, it was the one, uh, he, he did the Nirvana um smells like teen spirit the smells like nirvana yeah Yeah, there you go yes absolutely so yeah i had that album album. yep and bad haircut is that another one or bad hair day Day. yes that's the one with with gangsters or amish paradise on yes 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 so i'm very familiar with it i'll have not gotten to see him in concert yet but I'll, I'll, I'll we we, we caught him at a a small venue uh where he did all of his unknown b-sides Okay. Uh, and it was an intimate setting. It was all just him and his band, which his band is phenomenal. If you think about the types of music they have to play. Yeah, absolutely. Just full, full spectrum. They're very talented people. And uh, that was one of the more, I mean, the first one was just your, your basic touring show. Second one was that stripped down non hits, which was really just a lot of fun. And then it was, it was called no strings attached. And then he came back with, strings attached the following year with the orchestra. So nice. really, really, really cool set. Yeah. I don't know how we got to weird out from, from Radiohead, but <laughs> singing at a concert. Yeah. Singing. That's right. Singing at a concert. Yeah. Totally <laughs> recommend it though. Absolutely. I will check it out. So, uh, they close out the album with uh, videotape, which is a, an interesting track, uh, kind of a slow and stripped down piano song reflective on the whole album. Fun fact. So, um, this, song began as like a club hit so um apparently uh it's listed as 154 beats per minute on any website that you go to 
So uh, think of body snatchers, the, the, yeah. that fast. That, that's almost, almost techno's level of, of beat. So go back and listen to videotape and think of that. So the, the, the way I found out about this, there's a guy on, on YouTube that, that, again, obsessive a Radiohead fan. Um, he noticed that at their concerts, Tom York and um, Colin Greenwood were um, headbanging to this song. And I, I, everyone, you know, is probably just looking, oh, that's just, that's just Radiohead. They're, they're, they're just like that. But he wanted to get into the theory behind it and, and why, why, why were they banging their heads to this slow song? And apparently there's a syncopation that they all have in their head that they're trying to, to keep the beat by headbanging. And um, it came out as this stripped down, slow uh, ballad uh, type song. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I really dig this one. knowing that that's behind it i don't know if it adds anything uh musically but it adds something it, 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 just showing what kind of passion they have for the for the music yeah i mean i it definitely adds another layer to the to the song as far as it could, it could be that or this uh because this version and i don't know if the if the fast version would have but this one's got that that like weird drum drum track on it you know do the the yeah. Uh, what I read was that it was supposed to simulate film reel spinning off the, its, its wheel. I can see that. Yep. And, and uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, kind of subtle uh, mentions of video in there. When he says red, red, blue, green, I don't know, RGB color on, on your screen, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. But um, I don't know. I just think that that's very um innovative and, and i think the, the drums are kind of alluding to that to that beat but not quite getting there because if you listen uh closer to um towards the end of the song i think the culmination of all of the different uh beats going on they if you took that and and kind of compressed it together it, it may give you that 154 beats per minute it, 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 just for that little 30 second uh now i'm gonna go search to see if there's a fast version of it <laughs> yeah, see if yeah, one of those, yeah. those b-sides have gotten out yep and uh there's uh there is a version where someone has taken a metronome and put it over the top of the uh, studio version and it's really neat to hear too so um i don't know just just very innovative uh they, they had some other uh great songs uh before this that that were innovative um there's a song called like spinning plates um tom reverse the track Memorize the garbledy gook that uh, the lyrics became, and then sang the garbledy gook, and then reversed that, and that was what the song became. And it's really just haunting. It just you know, there's something weird happening with the vocals, but you don't, you can't really put your finger on it and unless you know that he recorded it backwards. You you would never. That's never yeah, that's, that's some weird Pink Floyd Twin Peaks sort of thing there. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then uh, I don't know if you've heard Pyramid Song, um, just time signatures. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how how he can do that. And, and same with videotape, trying to keep that that beat in his head, but just um, and to be able to play the piano um, or or guitar or whatever instrument and 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 keep that that beat in your head. It's just I don't know, just just really it, it takes a lot of talent. And again to the average listener, they may not even think twice about it. You know, they may just think it's a nice little slow ditty to, and the I, I like albums that I have to listen to, you know, several times over to, to kind of not, not get it, but just to discover little bits here and there. Um, sure. it, it's there, there's great things about a, just a, a hardcore rock album that knocks your socks off. But then there's also great things about a, a, a deep album that, that does take many more listens to really, appreciate all of the the little stuff that they've not hidden in there but just kind of all the little stuff that went into making it what it is yeah yep absolutely and and i, I like the word hidden because there are a lot of hidden things on this album and and i think that every listen you can pick something else out that you didn't hear previously and and 
it, I, we both got these Apple earbuds in. I, I know yours are probably more high tech than mine. Mine are still wired, but um, I can hear different things through this than say my Audio Technica um, cans. You know, just um, different headphones reveal different pieces. Mm -hmm. And and these these uh, the the headphones that I've got in currently, um, it may not sound the best through these, but I may pick up something that I didn't on vinyl or through headphones. You know. Do you have a, a preference on this album? As far as, I assume you're going to say vinyl versus digital, um, but just of all the different ways you've been able to listen to it, do you have a preference of, of which, which media? I, I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say vinyl, but um, that's just because, um, and, and again, I, I'm not, I, I'm not a musician. I, I don't know how to describe things. And, and Al has always said warmth. And I, I think that that's the, addition for this this album that, that really puts it over the top but i do um again I, i've purchased this album three times um i do have the uh 24-bit wave uh files and i don't know if i'm crazy I, I know a lot of people are like oh that's just a crock you know that you can you can't hear anything more than what's on the cd um i don't know i feel like i can i, I, I have you ever given a, a wave file or a flack file uh, listen and then listen to an MP3 version. I've never done a set comparison. Okay. You see, see, I, I, but, but on the, on the physical media, you know, you've got, you know, I grew up with, with vinyl cassettes and CDs, you know, that's just, just, you know, how I grew up. And, sure. uh, like I, I listened to say Abbey road on CD first and, you know, great album, fantastic album. But then I, you listen to it on vinyl. I don't, I don't have the words, but it is just so much better. Yep, and I can't I can't explain why you 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 think you hear things, but and it's not just the vinyl crack. I mean that that does to me add to it, sure. But there is uh, uh, there's something in the way it was originally designed designed to be listened to. Sure, I I'm completely on board with that. I, I, again, the, the, I don't know what the word is, and it, people obviously like vinyl for a reason, and I think that's it. And I don't know if we can kind of pinpoint exactly what it is but i people who who know vinyl and and have and listen to it religiously know what we're talking about when we say that so i mean i have nothing against cassettes uh which i had a, a huge cassette collection at one point because uh, that that mobilized music i mean you could take your music anywhere you wanted with and the and yes i'm leaving out a track for a reason sorry Alan. <laughs> uh, but the you know cassettes let you take it anywhere so you could at least have that sitting at the lake or at a baseball game or so you had that music anywhere cds improved on cassettes audio quality because i've had i mean really terrible cassettes digitally even better now you're not i mean everything you want is on your phone it's it's all there uh it, it, not even on your phone streaming it through whatever service and i'm glad that these the services that are out there are allowing more complete albums now it's not just here's the top tracks by metallica no i don't want the top tracks i want to listen to the album sure yep uh and I don't want to shuffle through the album. I want to listen to the damn album <laughs> track one to track, whatever. Uh, I'm glad that there, I don't know if it was always been that way, but there's what's presented to me now is more album based. Uh, and I hope that that is a trend that keeps going, I agree. Uh, but I am trying to build up my vinyl collection, you know, just for, for my own personal enjoyment. Yep. I I'm right there with you. Um, I, I still have one of these ancient Ooh. iPod. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy that does uh, Frankenstein monster versions of these. Um, He's holding up the original iPod there for everyone to. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Not watch it. Yeah. Um, but, the, but yeah, puts puts a higher uh, a higher capacity battery, um, more capacity for for the songs. Um, anyway, I, on, he's on Etsy. Um, I will continue to buy his product until. He, he quits making it, but yeah, there's something about physical media that I, I, I'm still stuck on. So I don't have any streaming services or anything like that. So I can't knock the the digital age because it's, it, it really has given people the ability to listen to music, you know, anywhere, even more so. Sure. And it's actually worth noting that, um, right after, um, uh, my dog passed away recently, I, I listened to this album, uh, okay. you know, in the headphones front to back uh, several times and it. I'm not going to be one of those guys that say, Oh, it helped me get through you know, a tough time. It, it just, 
it was it was soothing to me and as i was uh you know helping my, my family during that time it was i mean this was a, a very close personal dog to our lives uh so it hit everybody hard but this this album was was a nice listen right after that and i appreciate you know you bringing that album to the table there you go well, that, that, yeah, I'm happy to hear that for sure. And this this album has gotten me through many good times, bad times, all in between too. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it could could help you out there for sure. So, Luke, uh, in Rainbow's major top spot, what album's major shortlist? Oh man, yeah, in Rainbow's uh, again. Three weeks from now, it may be something else. So. Uh, other albums I considered, uh, Pearl Jam Riot Act um, is my love. That was my intro to them. I, obviously, I knew all the the radio hits, but but when I really fell in love with them, so which songs are uh, off Riot Act? I am mine was was the the main single, I believe. But um, yeah, I, I just something about that album. It, it's it's another one that you you got to listen to front to back. Um, mm-hmm. I, Mike McCready, I. I a lot of people consider him to be top notch guitar player, but um, there's something that he does on quite a few of the albums, but this one in particular in the background, if you've got the headphones on it, it, he does those embellishments where um, if you're just listening to it on the radio, you're not going to hear this little, Mm -hmm. little thing that he adds here and there, just, just little peppered. I I don't, I don't even know if if, if it's technical guitar playing, but it's just, it's just additional little things that just put it over the top for me. So, um, but again, ask me later, it may be versus like your, your buddy that was on earlier. So anyway, Queens of the Stone Age songs for the deaf, um, the national, uh, boxer, Soundgarden, super unknown, um, built to spill, uh, probably you in reverse, at this point in time, I don't know. Tool, Lateralis, REM, Life Search Pageant. I could go on for, for days. Blind Melon, first album. Ooh, there you go. Love Blind Melon. That's another band that, that um, I think is very underrated. I, I agree. And that's, I mean, it's a shame Shannon Moon was, was taken from us. But uh, Absolutely. Uh, he, yeah, that's, that's, that's a band that more people should listen to. Oh yeah, um, their, their first soup was fantastic as well, and, and the uh, the album they released after he passed. Um, yeah, all three of those those albums are stellar. So I don't know, John Frusciante, uh, guitarist for the the Chili Peppers, um, he's got a lot of solo stuff. There's a one called The Empyrean. Um, anyone who wants to listen to another Headphones album, that's that's one of them for sure. So um, Chili Peppers is that, guitarist is that the the guitarist that was like lost for many years? Yeah. Um, well, uh, he was okay. So he was on mother's milk and, uh, blood sugar, sex magic, then, uh, had a heroin issue. Um, so Dave Navarro took over after that, uh, when mm-hmm. John went to rehab. Um, and then John Frusciante came back for Californication and by the way, and stadium Arcadium. And then okay. his, his buddy, Josh Klinghoffer did their last two albums. And now John is back and apparently they have an album in the can and it's, uh, it's ready to be released any day now. So okay. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. I don't know I can go on for, for Stone Temple Pilots core, Modest Mouse, uh, Lonesome Crowded West, uh, Nine Inch Nails. It's, it's definitely a wide swath of, uh, of options there. And, and, and here's another thing. So um, I, I don't know what time we're at here. I, I'm sure we should wrap up soon. I don't want to bore people, but um, I made a note saying um, that I wanted to ask you a question. If you thought that music was as powerful to you today as it was when you were younger, I'm talking when you're at work, all you can think about is getting in your car to listen to that album again. When you, when you say music t- today to me, do you mean like the music that's being created today? Yeah, and and have you it, not just necessarily created today? But when was the last time you had that feeling like you were like, "Oh man, my my foot's tap. I gotta I gotta go listen to that song." It's it's just an infectious earwig that I I've gotta gotta hear. Up until I started this podcast, I would say not really. Okay, uh, I had I kind of I kind of hit a, a low point as far as music. Modern music right now just isn't grabbing me, sure. uh, and that's why I wanted to hear what other people listen to i've discovered many new albums that i haven't listened to all the way through before or at all on this particular podcast band on the run uh lauren hill uh van halen dmx i mean things that are just outside of my uh comfort zone too 
Sure. And I'll put I'll put Radiohead in there too. I hadn't really dove into Radiohead. A previous episode that uh, is going to go live soon. Uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, I had heard Daughter. You know, I had heard Dissident, but I hadn't listened to that whole album. The whole album was fantastic. Yes. Uh, so it's it's music is on a huge upswing for me, but it's it's through a lens of the past. Sure. Which I am perfectly okay with because there's a lot of music out there that I I personally missed. One that I keep going back to now is still Band on the Run that Alan brought to the table. Sure. There was, I mean, you talk about something that I had never, ever listened to, Band on the Run. I mean, that was, that was just the Paul McCartney single, right? I didn't give two shits about that album. It's really good. And there's, yep. a, and there's a great story behind it. And then the Alan story adds to it. So, you know, coming up uh, after this recording, you know, I've got a couple that I had never listened to, which is just Kiss, Destroyer. Sunny Day Real Estate, Diary. Uh, those, those are two albums I had never listened to before. And also uh, Alabama Shakes, Sound and Color, which when you talk about engineering and the, one of the most beautifully put together albums I've ever heard, check that one out. Okay. I'd see, I, I, I just heard I mean, the song. that one with, 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 with the earmuff headphones, that, that will blow your mind. Okay. Good to, good to know. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I really uh, recommend that one. And then Alan has convinced me to take part in this, so I will be bringing an album to the table to close out season one. Okay. It'll be an album that's special to me. I, I, I know what it is. Alan knows what it is, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, the, but again, it, I am okay discovering new music through the lens of the past because there's just so much out there that I missed. And then I'm, and also through that, I've listened to a couple more Wings albums. I listened to a couple more Pearl Jam albums. I listened. I've listened to another DMX album. I've, I so I'm re-looking at a lot of these artists from the past. That's awesome. Yep. I, I, that's um, when I made that note. I was feeling kind of down because I, I was really thinking about. It. I was like, when was the last time I was really impressed with with an album? And and I, I tried to make a list and and came up with a few, but um, just really didn't have any of that that passionate. If, if I had to say the last time I was thoroughly impressed with an album was was My Chemical Romance, Black Parade. Okay. And what year was that? Uh, I want to say 05, 06. Okay. So it, it's, it's been some time for you. Oh yeah. I even get, it, that's not the album I'm bringing in, but I considered it. It's, it's okay. really, really good. And, it, and not something I expected out of just, you know, some emo pop punk kind of guys. It's a, it's an album with a lot of influences from the wall and, okay. and several others. And just, it's a concept album about death that is fantastic. All right. I'll give that one a shot as well. But yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it was a good question to ponder. Um, and no, it was an excellent question. Yeah. Yeah. Re- recently, um, I have gotten into an artist that, um, I, I can't get enough of. And it was just a couple, I'd say about a week ago when I was doing research for in rainbows, uh, Tom York was actually on one of her albums. Um, PJ Harvey. Um, I am completely hooked on her, her music now. So, um, I, I kind of scratched that question because, I, I, I kind of got over what that, that slump. Um, cause right now I'm just thinking, okay, when can I get back and start listening to her? Well, and, and actually, actually I take that back. So in, in the, in the lens of, of rock music, that's kind of what I was thinking. Cause we've been you know talking rock music, but in my more recent adult years, uh, I've really discovered jazz a lot more. Okay. Uh, uh specifically new Orleans trad jazz. And, and I, uh, I mean, got married down there. Love the city, love the music, love the people there. You know, we even considered moving there. I mean, it was, it's just, we, it's really a special, special place to, to my wife and I. And uh, I, I have uh, several vinyl of, of various, um, various legends. You know, you, you got the usuals, you know, Sidney Bechet or Louis Armstrong. Uh, but then you got, say, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. There's, a, there's an album called just Preservation. It's the Preservation Hall Jazz Band with a whole bunch of different guest artists from, from Del McQuarrie, uh, to um, uh, Trombone Shorty, they were on the Foo Fighters. Uh, one of their more recent yes. albums on on Sonic Highways. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. They, they went there and they recorded uh, the one song at at the actual Preservation Hall. Nice, and uh, it, it's a good song. That that's a pretty good album, Sonic Highways. I, I, I agree. It, it didn't get enough attention the way they wrote it and the way they created it. That was that was, that was a pretty cool uh, documentary and HBO series they had on that. But that is a good series. Uh, the album preservation and all proceeds to the album went to, you know, Katrina fun. Sure. But there's so many different guest artists on that album, all with this amazing brass band doing trad jazz and, and they're singing a lot of uh, old standards. Okay. So it's really, really good stuff. 
Very cool. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, please tell our listeners if you're working on anything or if they can find you or anything you want to pitch. I, I, I want to pitch absolutely nothing. I've got no social media presence. I, I'm sure Al said the same thing. He did um, actually. Almost, there you almost go. Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I'm a, I'm a, a loner. Uh, yeah. Don't n- nothing to pitch except uh, go check out PJ Harvey. Um, right. I, like I said, that, that, that she's, I'm, I'm addicted. Um, her, her, her albums, uh, I, I, I didn't know how long she had been around, but early nineties stuff. Um, so there yeah, you go. That, that's my yeah. pitch. That's my pitch. Go check her out. Um, songs from the city songs from the sea, I believe is the album that I'm, I'm currently going through and it's just amazing. And the, the way I found it was Tom saying one of the songs with her on, on that album. So, okay. Well, Luke, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to sit and talk with you about Radioheads in rainbows. You too. I had, I had a blast. So much appreciated. Thank you for listening to Music Rewind, a podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. And as I always say, listen to the full album. Until next time. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.